Dance teacher. I'm your co-host Danielle Colangelo and I'm your co-host Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name and if we do they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. Unions. Contracts for union and non-union contracts. So, um, catching up with one of my former students, he was telling about a contract that he has worked and just all the pitfalls of that, like, gave me flashbacks to a lot of non-union contracts that I have done. Um, I'm currently not in the union. I have the option to be union right now, and I don't want to take it. Um, and I will get into more of the reasons why and why not to take unions as we go along. But I thought, like, the main thing we should kind of start with is the pay difference. Mm -hmm. When you are in any union, there is a minimum that you can be paid to work. Um, I know for, and I'm I'm speaking specifically when I talk about unions, about um, SAG-AFTRA, which is the, like, uh, film and television union for performers, and Actors' Equity, which um, is the performance union for... Uh, theater dance and theater typically Mm -hmm. so the big difference is pay so in equity um, there is a minimum there's a city minimum that you can be paid per week um, that can never be lower than so I know for New York City unless it's changed but the original minimum was well it's not it's not city it's um, it's house and production. Uh, so Broadway has a minimum, and then Broadway has a minimum no matter how big the house is. And then off-Broadway depends on how big the house is. Mm. And then tour has a separate amount that is just like a, a blank, like a blank number as like Broadway. And then regional equity houses, it's the same thing. They're LORT contracts. So it's a LORT A, LORT B, LORT C, yeah. LORT D. The higher, like the... Like, A is the most amount of money, it's the most amount of seats, and then it goes down from there. Like, a D contract would be, like, $500 a week because there's only, like, 100 seats in the audience or something yeah. like that. So, that's C, how those... C is 800 because, like, I know my home, my college city, Jacksonville, equity minimum across the board, you never saw them making less than 800 a week. Um Broadway, I think it's seven. I just no, I it's remember. more. I just looked it, it up. It went up. Good yeah, for them. So it was um, last year. It was nine. It was uh, nineteen hundred or nineteen fifty, I believe, a week. Good for them. Right now, it's two thousand and thirty-four dollars oh, a week. God bless um, Obviously, that's good tax. All of these get taxed, but yes, it's two, obviously, uh, which I think is really great because you know that. In terms of film and television, obviously, you usually make more money. Contracts are bigger. It's why a lot Mm -hmm. of people want to go into film and television after college or when they get older or whatever. So to just have the union and people recognize, like, actually performing eight shows a a week, it's really tough. It's way tougher than just, like, shooting a scene for a film for, like, you know, a couple of hours and then you're done with that scene and you never have to do it again. Oh, yeah. So the fact Um, that they have bumped it up to a little over 2000 a week is um for the minimum and that's just your bare minimum chorus person chorus person back. you know if you are um, if you're an understudy you get more if you're a swing you get more if you're a principal mm-hmm. you get way more. way more and then it also depends on just like in film and television if you are a name if you're a broadway name your agent's going to negotiate for even more than what the base principal salary yeah. is so it definitely like being paid because like that's the biggest thing that like even with film and television, you may not work on the television side. You may only film for six weeks straight. But during those six weeks of filming, you don't have a life. You're on whatever location that you're right. in. You know, like, you may be filming late at night. I, I have a roommate that's currently doing film and television. And, like, he gets in at all hours of the night and day. You know, there will be periods where we won't see him. Like, it's just the nature of that. that extra pay is compensation for the fact of, like... 
you're on night shoots for three weeks straight out of the six weeks, mm-hmm. you know? So you're sleeping, you're a va- on vampire schedule, you know? Yeah. Versus on theater, like, that compensation is for the wear and tear on your bodies. And again, the lack of things that you can do. Because on a matinee day, you're not doing much of nothing but, like, hitting the gym up and maybe something here or there. There's just not a lot of wiggle room mm-hmm. um, when you when you are in full swing of these jobs. So that compensation of pay and protection of pay really matters. Mm-hmm. And on the reverse of that, when you are non-equity, most summer stock kids pay you 150 200 300 a week. You know, like, I have seen I my non-ec uh, contract for my internship, I was paid $75 a week. Yeah. They did, to be fair, they did house us. So that, like, I had to pay nothing for my housing okay, whatsoever. Okay, sure. Um, and those that did try, those that did drive their own cars or like were far, were far enough away where they had to walk to the theater, they were given a uh, travel stipend and things like that, you know. But it like I learned how to make seventy five dollars a week work, and we were paid every two weeks. So you know, like that's that's where we were. But granted, I was working full days alongside the rest of the company that was mm-hmm. make you know working. Fuller hours. Yeah, I know uh, a friend of mine did a summer stock theater. She did it two summers, um, and their minimum, and they, they needed to, I mean, I know that they brought a couple people in. It was the theaters out in Missouri, and I know they brought a couple people in from New York. They would have auditions here, so mm. maybe those actors they would provide housing for, but it was a non-union, or it, it was one of those non-union kind of it was like a weird contract where you could earn emc points but it wasn't a union house so or it was like or maybe it was like a union house but then they wouldn't hire you if you were like if you were emc they would hire you again but if you were equity they usually wouldn't hire mm. you unless they called you in from new york it was like a weird it was interesting it was well like it's a weird very thing. possible that like because yeah they were they one or two a, principles are equity yes that's and, and then, then the everyone rest else of, is emc and i think that's what it was it's like an equity house so they can bring in these principles but not everyone has but to then everyone equity. else can get points but yeah. they don't need they don't and the thing that the reason why they don't want to hire anyone else except um, outside of, I can't speak today, outside of principals for these equity contracts was because you would have to provide your own housing. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think she said she got paid 200 a week before taxes. Yeah, it's more... Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's more expensive because I know I'm at the point in my career oh, where yeah. most of the shows that I do, it's like... Uh, Mo- it's like most of them are equity and then there's like a handful of non-ec because I know like I know for us a lot of I do a lot of workshops workshops like usually for equity people they'll hand them a thousand while non-ec we get five hundred dollars right but like it's like major- it's usually one of those things that like we're so intermixed like even principals and ensembles will be a mixture of equity and non-ec that like literally is like no- we- we're not aware of who is who and I've done enough equity shows as a non-ec member that I know a lot of the equity rules. So, like, it's also very, uh, a really big mixture of the two. Um, but Danielle brought up a good point of housing. Mm-hmm. So, under equity rules, you are required to have your own room. I think we've talked about this on the show, or I've mentioned Yeah, this. we've definitely but, talked about a few of these things we're going to um, read. Kind of retouch them with him all in one episode. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like with equity, you are required to have your own room with a working door. Um, you have to. I think there's a rate bathroom ratio that's either two or three people to one bathroom, and it can't be more than that. Like also, like their bed size has to be a full or a queen size bed. Like there's certain. They're very very particular like rules when it comes to how your housing must be mm-hmm. and if your housing is not up to par that is a problem i have worked at a theater where they the actors the uh, main stage actors were complaining and the deputy equity for their show was like yeah these are violations these are violations and the conversation kind of kept going to finally they were like we need to contact equity Mm-hmm. Equity uh, sent a member to the theater and was like, oh, no, no, no. These things must be fixed immediately or we will pull all equity contracts. Yep. Also, you don't want that reputation. No, like, I was just I was to just here, my say com- that. The company that I was working for, they fixed it in less than 24 hours. But you really but- don't, you really don't want 
that. no equity actor's gonna touch you if it's like equity got called if equity's like you don't want to work for them they don't one you're gonna lose all those people if you can't house equity contracts like and so some of the the housing rules are absolutely insane because like one of the like violations that we had at our theater at the theater company that i was working for um was that they couldn't like we didn't have an equity cot but like all of our actors mm, live two like, blocks from the house to na- yeah but they have the to theater. have one so they're able right. to nap in between so shows legally but and like legally you have to have a cot yeah. that they can take a nap on but like literally in between shows it's literally like a, t- a five minute walk to your house and a five minute walk back to the, to the theater. Right. So everyone, because like my housing was across the street from Equity Act. Well, actually, I was next door to them. So like everyone, like we would all just go back to our house. But when Equity came and goes, no, this is a violation. Where's the cot? And right. we're like, so I remember like company management having to like go buy a cot and like slot it under the, the desk in the dressing rooms. And like, so some of the rules can be outrageous. But on the, on the other side, like, those protections are there, you know? Like, there are some companies that, like, will put people anywhere. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, but then there's also, like, as a non... I was non-equity for this company, and I also had, like... My first room was, like, a twin-size bed, then my second room was, like, a queen-size bed. And, like, yeah, if I had a decent I mean, bed, I always, like... It also it Never also shared a bathroom on, with a lot of people. And, it like, also depends on, like, the company you work for, the house that mm-hmm. you work for, you know, especially if it's a mixture of... If it's an equity house which means that at least one or two of the performers in the stage manager equity they're mm-hmm. usually going to treat their non-equity members better because they're just like they have a blanket like this is how everyone in general is going to get treated yep. um Those if it's, if it's just non if it's just non-equity total everyone higher there's on equity the standards are going to be much lower and it purely just depends on your creative team because i've had some I was working with a choreographer that was like, oh, equity can take a break. Everyone else is going to keep dancing. Mind you, that was half our cast. Mm-hmm. But our, our director and our stage manager both were like, no, we're, no. It's 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 a 10-minute break for everyone. Like, there's no reason, like, What's whatever you're going to accomplish yeah, in, the, in those in two or three minutes. extra minutes that you're going to hold onto them, right. let them go take a break. Like, it just doesn't. 100%. That's not effective. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's really one of those things where, like, depending on where you are and who you're with makes a big difference. Um, the next big thing is travel. Um, mo- equity, they will pay for you to, they will pay, they will fly you in and pick you up from the airport. Yep. I've been that person picking people up from the airport on equity shows. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things, you, your transportation will be well taken care of. And typically, depending on what kind of, like, town or city that you're in, they will provide some type of transportation. I know a big thing in, like, uh, Florida and Georgia and even some upstate New York places mm-hmm. is, like, or, like, a lot of the regional theaters, they will provide, like, one or two company cars for the cast. Yes. And so the cast is, you know, because it's... One company I work for is, like, the actual theaters on the side of a mountain. And so, like, there's, like... A generalish store that kind of has anything that will tide you over for the night, but it's like the main grocery store is at the bottom of the mountain, right. and so like yeah, as as like a Walmart or like a big giant superstore. I can't remember what it was specifically, but it's like it's like not everyone wants to take the forty five minute trip down the mountain every single day, or you know, so that or like have company management do it. So literally, they would just get them a car um, and take them down there. Um, so yeah, like it's just different little advantages like that. Um, another big one that I want to talk about is press events, uh, press and other events when you are not in equity. Mm-hmm. So in most equity contracts, it's called the one percent. Again, this could have all changed within the last two to three years because equity had a major uh, change for the union. Um, in SAG AFTRA. Unless negotiated in your contract, you are do you are yourself you yourself are paying for a lot of these press events, or travel to and from these press events, and housing for these press events. Mm-hmm. Um, actors' equity it falls under one percent, so you are technically paid for it. But it gets complicated. I can tell you that right now because in that one percent, it could be something as simple as you're doing uh, Good Morning America, mm-hmm. you're doing Good Day America, mm-hmm. like what it's like. 
you're doing all the morning talk shows and then you're also like and then you're also gonna do two shows today yeah for these talk shows you have to report in at like 5 30 in the morning oh yeah my brother my brother had <laughs> so. to do a bunch of them and you had to be there at like four in the morning and it was they would get paid for it but it's a very you're getting small paid it's like it. you're getting paid it's a small stipend it goes on your next paycheck just like mm-hmm. any other job you do something you get a bonus whatever it goes on to your next paycheck so you are technically getting paid it's not a lot of money no you're not gonna no. you're not gonna make an extra couple of thousand no for no, by you no know means. if you're if your bare minimum contract is um you know is is you know two thousand roughly you're gonna make um I'm sorry, I'm trying to do math and I can't. Um, you're gonna make about I mean, you'll make about two hundred dollars or less yeah, that's what before I've, taxes. I've generally heard. Yeah. And it's one of those things of like it's a double edged sword because no one wants to wake up at an ungodly hour in the morning to perform, you know, on Good Day America and then have two to three hours off and then have to it's your call time for your matinee and do two full shows. Right. No one wants to do that. But Good Morning America, I know that I watch literally the, a lot of the morning shows. I watch yeah. their I watch the Broadway performances for that to see if that's the show that I actually want to go see 100%. or like and I'm I am not the only person. And a lot of middle America, you know, or people that live outside of New York City do that like Yeah. Here's a clip from them doing this. Should we go should we go do it and see it? Same thing with like uh Macy's Thanksgiving right. Parade and a All lot of, of, kind of um, like, a lot of morning talk shows. Unless you're a lead, um, a principal in the show, there'll be a lot of understudies that go oh, in, yeah, um, yeah. so that the principals don't have to get up early and do it. Or that'll be the type of show that you will see. The principals will go do the talk show. You know, the actual cast will go do the talk show, and then that and at tonight would... at tonight's performance or matinee's performance, it'll be understudies yeah. to give them a break. Um, it's like. It's but again, it's just a fair trade off. But then again, it it's just the nature of it. Now that's Broadway. Non regional theaters, I have had to do press junkets before, and they're just like, they won me over because they fed me. <laughs> like, but literally sitting in that chair under hot lights and like constant rotatings of different, you know, this blog and this local newspaper, you know, or like, it all it just becomes like a slew of people in your face talking and answering all these questions and like trying to seem like you're still enthusiastic about it when in actuality, you know, you're tired of asking, you know, mm-hmm. answering the same four questions over, over, and over, and over again. Um, so it can, and again, we weren't paid any, I wasn't paid any extra for doing that, but it's one of those things, all of that publicity gave us, like, a sold-out run. Right. So, uh, well, it's, 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 it's a, like I said, it's just a very double-edged sword, because, like, you know... A sold-out run looks nice, and, like, that's how you get extensions, because regional theaters will easily extend, and I work, I've worked yes, for a couple absolutely. theaters that, like, we're selling so well, we're extending by two weeks, and it's like, uh, okay, great, that's what's happening now, you know, right. so it's definitely one of those things you have to, like, take into consideration when you're like, no, I don't want to do this press event, or sometimes it's in your contract to do a press event, and there won't be a compensation for it. Which is why I'm a big proponent for reading your contract over, over, and over again, and having a lawyer or you know trusted yeah. you know friend that knows contracts look over it. Um, well, speaking of I, speaking of secondary duties and, and contracts, I want to go into something that you and I were talking about earlier, and kind of why we decided to do this episode was you had mentioned earlier looking over Tony was looking over a former student's contract for a show that yeah. he is about to work on and we want to kind of talk about um it's a non-equity contract and talk about mm-hmm. what so we've we've talked a lot about things that an equity contract will include it'll include housing if it's if it's out of town it'll include travel you'll get mm-hmm. stipends yeah. for for um secondary duties um or press events you will you know you get your minimum you know obviously it's a, it's a union so there's health benefits and all that oh, yeah, but absolutely. now Let's talk about what does a non-equity contract look like? Well, a non-equity contract. Uh, I can run down the quick list of all stuff. Pay, considerably different. You will be paid chump change compared to a union house, uh, to a union contract. Housing, you will be sharing a room. Like, that is a, um, I definitely had to do that where I was sharing a room with another guy in the ensemble. He was actually an understudy for some stuff. Mm-hmm. But he he and I were both still sharing a room. Um, 
and it was perfectly fine. It worked out, you know, but like my, we were in like twin size beds in like this colonial house and we had plenty of rooms. It was all chill. It was perfectly fine. Um, but then you have others that are like in, um, I, I haven't seen any four. I've heard rumors that people are like, it's like four people to a room for like our, our non housing, but I have never seen I've, that. I've never seen that. I have seen like they'll provide, um, housing i have seen contracts where it's like they'll provide housing as in they'll be like these are our housing options that we can set up for you but you still have to pay rent but it's a it's like a very it's a prorated amount of rent and i've seen that where it might be like it's kind of almost dorm style or some of them Mm -hmm. are actual college dorms i have seen dorm style and, and i've seen dorm style apartments where you know there's a living room and there's a kitchen, but then there's one bedroom or two bedrooms, and in each bedroom there's two twin beds. So you share a room with another person. Maybe you share that whole apartment with, you know, yeah. three other people total, and your personal bedroom is not your personal. But I've never seen like four people to a room. Yeah, I've definitely seen dorms because actually my college would do that. Like with some of the events and stuff they would have going in during the summer, is it like? They would just put everyone in the dorm style, and it was like traditional, like communal bathrooms type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, when they did that, you got your own room. Like it would still be another bed in the room, but it would be just you in a room by yourself. They mm-hmm. would often do that. Um, so that's not uncommon. Um, as far as travel, luck of the Irish. I've had some where they're like, "You got to get your own way in," and then I've yeah. had others where there's like. Where are you coming from? Oh, well, we have a, bu- a shuttle picking up from there right, anyway. Right, we have a shuttle picking so like, up or you can reimburse up to X, X amount, amount of, of money. Yes. I also know another theater company where um, I knew a lot of people that worked there. They had type that type of thing where it was like, oh, well, if you're taking a plane in, you know, you can reimburse up to X amount of money for your ticket. Or if you drove in, because a lot of people would come from out of state into this one state mm-hmm. to do shows for the holiday season, they would reimburse your gas on your way in up to a certain amount of money. And I've seen, yeah, it, it varies because I've seen one where it's like, if you're driving in and you don't exceed, I think it was like 200 like you can be reimbursed yes. up to, up yes. to $200 usually, or $100. I and would then say like 200, for flights. 200 sounds like really normalized for yeah. driving for in. um for flights they would reimburse you up to two hundred dollars or cover your luggage up to two hundred dollars and i know a lot of the actors were like cover my luggage because it was like they were hiring um not an actors for a whole summer season so like you're doing like six shows so you're there for like three four months so it's like right. i would much rather you like cover the sixty dollar like extra baggage fee for me and that you know that's worth you know because i when like, I mean, I fly so much, I have so many flyer miles and things like that, that, like, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, so, so it's one of, it's definitely one of those types of, type of situations um, where you can kind of work it out your own and then you are compensated in some type of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, press events, we talked about you don't get paid for. Secondary duties. This is where they get us interns and, you know, non-union contracts is where... They will hire you typically to do the children's theater or, you know, a piece, uh, you know, ensemble in a mainstay show. But you have a secondary duty in the theater company Mm -hmm. to make everything work. This also happens a lot with cruise ships. Yes. Specific. There's a lot of specific. I'm not going to name all of them. There's a lot of cruise ships. Some are great and you're only hired to perform in some. There are a lot of secondary duties involved. Yeah. Um, I I know both ends on cruise ship and on land. Because I had one and... Again, read your contracts. Because I had one friend, she just wanted to dance. And she was hired to do... Oh... I want to say Oklahoma, but it's one of the old school classical musicals where mm-hmm. there's like a massive ballet halfway through the show. It sure. might be Oklahoma. but Oklahoma it's, it's Carousel. Right. It's those. one of the old ones where it's like there's a massive ballet. So like they hired a lot of just like ballet dancers, you know, that were not really singing. They're like, we're mm-hmm. going to kick to our noses and be on point shoes. But their secondary duties were that they had to, some the lucky ones had to teach classes for their young audiences group, and they love it. You just teach that a dance That is nice. Class. And I have heard, I have heard I, about that these before. That was mine. That was me. Yeah. I've heard about these, especially with, like, um, <sighs> summer gigs. Yeah. Um, it, especially if they're on a campus, it'll mm-hmm. be like, come see our show. And then after our show, we're like, come back on, you know, with your ticket, you can come back on X day and take a, take a master class. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Or like, that's really with nice. me is that like, I would do my shows during the day, but like when it came to the in-house 
theater, I was assisting on the theater classes or th- assisting on the music theater classes or like dance classes and like, right. so like when they needed like, they would do a music theater number and they, I, I would stage it and do stuff like that. Um, so I was always fine with, like I taught, like I think there was like, it, we did improv theater and dance class. So like I was assisting on all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was super nice. But then there's other times where it's like, you're working box office, you're the ushers, you're the house managers, you know? So all these duties were like, you don't really want to do them. So, like, I had a friend, like, it really kind of broke her that she's like, I'm here to dance his lovely show, but, like, I, after that, I have to go work parking duty. You know, actually, mm-hmm. another really good friend of mine, he hated this theater company. I definitely won't name them. Uh, but he um, he was only there one summer, and he knows people that went back for two and three summers. But he was, like... Um, Literally, they would they would have their call time, and then they call time, get in hair, makeup, costume, microphone, and then they would have to go do their secondary duties. And so for him, it was parking. So he would be in his costume doing parking, and then like Mm-mm. fifteen minutes before uh, call time, like before curtain, like fifteen minutes before curtain, would like leave the parking lot, take off the orange, you know, like shirt, safety shirt. And go do a show. Mm-hmm. It was a horrible experience that he absolutely hated. And I I, I have never had to do that. Like, if I ever had... Like, I did have to work parking duty. But it was definitely, like, I wasn't doing anything but, like, doing parking duty. And it was mm, standing and never, like, park here. It's simple and easy. Mm-hmm. But to have to, like, be in costume and makeup in outside in the blazing sun. And to go in, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, so there are some, very, like, very big drawbacks. And... Uh, in my former students' um, contract, something that I saw that we did a whole episode on is it said that the uh, under this contract, the performers must post to their social media if asked. Now, this is really <laughs> bizarre to me because I'm like, if you if you are a performer in a show. Nine out of ten times, you're posting to social media to be like, come see me in this show. Or if you're out of town, you're like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm up to. Or you're like so excited to announce that I'm about to be working on this production. I know that last year when I did did a show in New York City, I posted during rehearsal process of a couple little snippets being like, this is when it's like, Mm -hmm. this is when the show is going to be. Like, here's the ticket link. Buy tickets. So excited. I know a lot of the actors did the same thing and that was not asked of them to do over the summer I worked with I taught and choreographed for a group of international kids from Shanghai and that was in a like you know that was in upstate New York and not open to the public but I would you know I would post videos of their rehearsals and their performances being like this is what they're up to and I would I would tag like mm-hmm. these kids are from iMusical in Shanghai and I would like link in iMusical's thing because you just never know but nobody asked me to do that. Exactly. And because so I've done that's the why, exact same thing. That's why I find it very bizarre that they are requesting him not requesting, requiring him requiring to post in media. a contract. That makes me feel like there's something I mean, maybe I, wonky going on. About, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Well, because again, I I've been a part of shows that are like the subject matter of the show was very like Instagram friendly. Like it was about a theme park and it, like a a themed or outdoor park. So we were like mm-hmm. walking characters that you would see in Times Square. Like I was literally SpongeBob in it. So like they were very like absolutely post share like comments. You know, right. all of the above. It's totally okay. We are fine with that. Right. No one was like, you need to do this right. No one was like, you have to do this. So, like, we constantly share. And that's the thing. But I've worked on numerous. And this is why I don't come. I won't 100% say that this is shady. I've worked in a lot of workshops where they're like, don't post anything. Here's an NDA. Uh, non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. I've done plenty of readings for shows where it's like, it's a one and done. You show up, you read the script or, you know, I'm emailed the script and it's like, we're doing this. We don't want you to say anything because this is going to be something big later or it may never become something big, but some people just work on their NDAs. Cool. Fine. Whatever. One workshop that I was going to audition for, but I just didn't, um, was they asked in the posting, do you have a social media following? following? Are you a social media influencer? If you are please put it in your link to submission, your submission link. Mm-hmm. 
it was a friend show, which uh, a giant festival show where they're looking for donors so the show can have a life after the festival ends. Yes. That very much made sense to me. You know, even with like newer theater companies or, you know, newer dance companies, honestly, like word of mouth and social media word of mouth go a long way. 100%. So I won't completely knock it. No, it is true because I do know. But you know, I don't believe in backing it up via contract. What you were saying and something and, and I've had I've heard of other shows as well that have literally gotten, you know, people will post about it so that it, they'll sell more tickets so more people want to come and sometimes they'll mm-hmm. extend the run then because there's been so much um, social media uptake on it and sometimes it allows that person that has the money or wants to be able to move this show and give it another life allows them to see something online about it get them interested in the show you know this that and the other thing so I agree that social media can 100% do wonderful things and for I've a heard- for a show's life and, and I've heard of people going like Feel free to post this code to get for people to get discounted tickets. I did that. I was or, in a, a festival myself, and yeah. they were like, they requested approval to post our headshots on our headshots linked to the show and a code on our social medias. Yeah. And so they pre- they prepared the packages for us, and it's like we're emailing it out. This is what you post if you want to post something. Right, feel free to use it. And it was like a copy and paste. So I was like, sure, again. And I know plenty of people that were like, no. There was one girl who was like, I just don't have time. Well, I've heard <laughs> I've heard of that as well, where people where where theater companies will be like, this is, you know, kind of what we if I've heard of theater companies too, and I've worked with theater companies that have said, if you're going to post about yes. the show, here we're gonna send you a bunch of stuff. This is what we would like you to post. We're gonna send you photos, we're gonna send you a blurb, we're gonna send you the ticket information. If we you wanna post had a about it about what hashtag to use. Right. Because we wanted to have the same hashtag so we could find all the photos later. Yes. And I've worked for companies where we've created a hashtag mm-hmm. and they'll literally say like you know, if you're going to post, like, use this hashtag so mm-hmm. people can can tag it and all of that so stuff. So we can find it all so later, yeah. Uh, so saying things like that is no longer strange. What's a little bit strange, which is what we just spoke about, is, is that the, the fact that it I says, just... the fact that it says in his contract that he must, must, that he's required to post about it, that's different than, like, hey, if you're going to post about it, this is the information and material we'd like you to use. Those are two completely different things. It's just, it's very interesting, and it's one of those things where it's that's... Like, uh, I would almost, and I hate to say this, it feels slightly like an invasion of my privacy. Yes. It also, to me, is one of those Kinda things does. where that's where non-equity is not having unions getting you. Because they're being oh, like, yeah. you're required to post it. And since it's in a contract, that means if you don't post, you are now liable to have that contract broken. Someone is now allowed to go, I'm going to break the contract. You. you could get sued because it says in your contract you are required to post. And if someone goes, hey, you didn't post, you didn't fulfill your contract, I'm not going to pay you. It becomes a really big deal and that's and, a little scary. Right. And that, and, and that's... That is, again, where I I grow concerned about the power of social media when, like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, like, and again, libel has been a thing for generations since, you know, the written word and newspapers for generations, you know, to be sued for the words that you have said, you know, or been called into question or, you know, over the words and things that you have said. So I absolutely understand that. But what does it, like, I know plenty of people that are just not, I am not a social media person. Mm-hmm. Like, even for the um, the Instagram and social media we have for our Facebook group, a lot of that is on time delays so that something will be posted on a weekly basis or something that, you know, like, it is not innately within me to post. I will constantly be on social media to Same. look and kill boredom or, like, create boredom. Who yeah. knows? But I don't... There are plenty of times where I don't post things or well, I don't post I, a lot of original content. Mm-hmm. I will share other people because that's two clicks of a button, but... I actually... I don't I, post a lot of original content. I do a lot of... On my on my personal Instagram, I'll post a lot of, like, Instagram stories, which is really, like, just stupid and silly and ridiculous things right. that I'm doing Same. or of kids at work and stuff. But I actually don't post a lot to it. Um, I don't think that I need to especially right now in my career and where my career is headed and the direction I've decided Mm -hmm. to take, I don't need to be constantly posting. It's not, my personal Instagram is not meant to be for my career. Um, I will post stuff about dance and shows I'm doing and whatnot, but it's not necessarily, it's also because of the industry I'm in currently with teaching, all my personal stuff is completely private. Uh, But I actually had, I actually had a friend tell me 
And she wasn't joking. I had a friend tell me we her and I noticed one day that like I was following her on Instagram and she wasn't following me. And I like jokingly was like, what the hell? And she was like, she's like, well, you don't post a lot and you don't have a lot of followers. So like, I'm not going to follow you. And I'm like, okay, but like, you're my friend. So I feel like you have to follow me. But it is very interesting how serious people take. I've had people say that to me too. They were like. That also shows you, I don't, this is not, (laughs) I'm not, I don't do this. I don't try to be like, how do I get 3,000 followers overnight? Like, that's not what I do. I literally like recently I keep getting uh, a friend of mine is like a model. So like I added him and he's like traveling around the world modeling. God bless him. But like a lot of his friends are adding me. And I'm like, I only see this person like once every three years when they swing through New York. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't see, so like, but my my personal page is locked. Like you, if you want, and I generally don't have a problem adding people. I don't always follow back because I don't know you. But like, I've had numerous requests from people and I was like, why are so many people following me? This makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I generally don't understand. Fair. Uh, but again, my personal page is private. Like you can't follow me without me approving you. Yes, that's how mine is as well. And it's one of those things of, again, I do work with a lot of children and I post a lot, of, like I post family things on mine. So I don't always want generic uh, public people seeing and sharing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, a, again, like that's like, so the idea that, I could not post something and someone could call me on it and the, on a contract saying that. I just, it feels very much like this is my personal private thing. And then you also have the group of people that don't have social media. Yeah, there are, there are people, there are celebrities that don't have social media. Ruth. Um, my, not like my brother, my brother is one of those people. My, my brother does not get on social media at all. You know, he's one of those people. He will, he has several he will check it once a month if you we're lucky. Like, mm. you know, usually like once a month, he'll like comment and laugh on all the stuff I've tagged him in over the month, like the course of two or three months. But it's just not a, it's not a priority in his life. And it's not a priority to a lot of people. And I do, granted, this uh, former student is younger. He's in his early 20s, you know. So that the early 20s generation definitely grew up with like, you know, social media. Yes. At hand. Ooh, I actually have a good story for her. I'm sorry, what about that? Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things of... It, it don't say right to me to have it in a contract. I, Because, again, so a contract is your legal protection, especially for non-union actors. I think it's very important to read your contract and be mindful of certain legalese or language in the contract. Because I know that... Um, I was finishing up a contract at a theater company and I was leaving to move on and someone else was going to stay for the summer mm-hmm. and they got their contract and like the, uh, a boss came through and was like, Hey, I don't have your contract. And he's like, Oh, I have problems with this contract. And she was very much like, well, what do you mean? He goes, I just finished a an extended contract with you guys. I'm I'm not gonna sign another blanket contract like I did before, mm-hmm. especially because they wanted to hire his wife in to teach dance classes that I was supposed to teach, but then I left. Um, so he was like, so like here's our contract. Like first of all, we we need X, Y, and Z, and so the first thing she's like, well. Um, I if it's budget, let me know now because I'm submitting summer budget. Mm-hmm. It was a small budget issue, but the bigger thing he was like, I don't want it anywhere in my contract to say etc. Because mm. we all had signed an extended contract with the words etc. And etc. was all kinds of like it was just very dumb little things that they threw in. Like it was like for a gala event, like all as like we were required to work the gala event. So literally, I just, I was in, t- in the middle of tour at the time. So like I finished three shows, went home, showered, put on a nice suit, and then like headed to the gala. And there was like, oh, why are you guys just now getting here? It's like, we, we really need you guys to help set up. I was like, yeah, I was performing for you guys, so I couldn't. And they were like, well, you guys can like help clear wine glasses or things like that as everyone heads over to like the main dinner. And so we were like, okay, sure. Easy compared mm-hmm. to setting up like tents and other crazy stuff. We get over there and like the head, the like head caterer was like, what are you guys doing? They was like, they told us to clear wine glass. He's like, I'm literally paying people to clear, like I have servers and busboys for that. Right, right. I don't need you to do that. Right. He was like, so go hang out here. So basically we sit around and did nothing, but it's one of those things that like, I would have very much like to go to my bed after like performing all day and driving all over the state. 
you know, so there, or there would be little moments where like, um, there was literally, it was like a Saturday, a holiday had fallen on a Friday. So offices were closed on Friday and Saturday for the holiday weekend, but they still required us to come in to make our hourly quota for the week. Mm -hmm. So I was basically sitting upstairs in the office by myself, like... I had work to do, but it wasn't time sensitive work. So young me was basically on YouTube the entire time because right. I could not entertain. Like, I had to kill like four hours up there. It was so miserable. So I just when so I will never let an et cetera or anything like that ever fall back into my contracts again. And so it's the same kind of thing. You have to watch the language. You know, like mu- if it's ever like et cetera or must do what is asked of you or must do whatever artistic directors yeah that's when you really you need to have them specify specify what those things are because they're going to ask you to do anything and everything then and say it's part of your contract and like we said that unfortunately like i was saying with the with non-union with the union contract you could be like i'm going to bring this to a union rep oh yeah and be like look at this ridiculousness and their union rep's going to go in and they're going to handle it and make sure you don't get screwed over in a non-union contract They'll just sue you or they won't even sue you because that's not worth the time and money. They'll just not pay you. They'll say, yeah. you didn't fulfill your contract. You are not getting paid. So I, I have currently in a, well, I've kind of let it go, but I did a, I did a non-union gig where like, they just, they started everything too late. Like they didn't have the rights to do the show. So like, like they're, they, I essentially am out $300. Yeah. I mean, I, had I just, to... I will never see that money. Cause I actually spoke to a lawyer friend about it and he was like, you would spend more money on the litigation yeah. of this than, you were, than getting it. your actual money. I was like, so it's not, not worth, worth it. it. I had the same type of situation happen. I did a show. It was non-union and it didn't, it also, what you, so again, about specifying, it did not specify in the contract when I would get paid. And I was like, it'll be fine. And I ended up only seeing a percentage of mm. what the contract said. And when I reached out to the person, it was the same type of thing. They did everything too late. They they did, they did weren't prepared for as yep. massive as the show was going to be, as much they would need to pay out. They yep. assumed they would make it all back in ticket sales, which is always scary because yeah. you should never trust ticket sales to pay for your actors and your staff. Yeah, be mindful um, of that. It's like you made a percentage over the door or the ticket that's, sales. That's like, also a very big uh, thing. And I ended, up very only, mindful. I ended up only seeing a percentage of my contract because it came out at first. And the rest of it was like, well, we don't actually have the money to pay you, Danielle. And it went on for months and months and months. And it was the same thing where I finally let it go. And I still have friends to this day who are like, you need to get paid. And I'm like, again, the couple hundred dollars that I'm owed now is not worth trying to speak to a lawyer because I would owe more than that. And honestly, like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like, it sucks. Sure, we could all use more money. But what happened happened and it was something I learned and I got smart and I was like, I need everything specified in a contract now yes. when I do a show, especially if it's non-union, which I am right now as a choreographer. And it needs to say when I'm going to get paid, how that money is going to be paid out. Mm-hmm. And I need a date, whether it be the last day or it's before or I get some at the beginning, some whatever it is, because I trusted, yeah. I trusted that like... With that that the small contract of like this is what you're going to get paid. I trusted that that was like well it's in writing it's going to happen, and unfortunately because it wasn't as specific enough and they ran out of money, they just chose to and they knew. I mean they they weren't stupid. They knew it was non-union and there was nothing I could oh, do yeah. unless to I unless I went to a lawyer. And I I have numerous friends that have stories like this. Oh yeah, this is not and, like it uh, sucks <laughs> being on the tail end of it like that. Oh, yeah sucked and at least I have the credit on my resume but I this has happened to so many of my I friends look at it as like I'm only out three hundred dollars right I'm only, I have friends that are out several thousand right of I, dollars. Say, I know friends who like started a project the project fell through they never yeah never got paid like again same I'm only out a couple hundred you know less you know less than um you know, less than a thousand, like way less. So, but to be out, I know people, yeah, who have been I have a friend that like a couple thousand and never saw it. Performed for like mall gigs when he was younger, and like, oh, like to this day, is still uh, probably owed upwards of ten thousand mm. dollars. That like mm-hmm. guy yeah, was just a charlatan, wild. like disappeared and all kinds. Of, like, yeah, it's that's, one of those things of crazy. like contracts matter. Contracts matter. Contracts matter. Um. And just take care of yourselves, you know? Like, the wear and tear on your body is not always worth taking certain contracts, you know? Um, Taking, you know, even with, like, the big expensive contracts, sometimes it's just not worth it. 
Yeah. I want to talk about one more thing before we close out this episode. And I yeah. want to talk about something that you just kind of started talking about. Um, When, and this is going to be in our opinion. So according to my opinion, according to Tony's mm-hmm. opinion, this is not... Um, uh, uh, union. A global, this or is union not a or yeah, or union associate associates opinion. But when do you think you should become union? What are the benefits of becoming union? What are not mm. the benefits? What are the benefits of staying non-union? And when do you think it's appropriate to be union? And we've so far throughout the episode, like we've talked about, like several of the benefits of being in a union and not being in a union. Because I, I sh- let me, I do want to spend a, like say. Not being union allows me access to a lot more jobs. And so that is a part of the reason why I haven't gone union yet. Because there are some standard gigs. Like, there's two or three companies that, like, I constantly do readings for that are, like, closed door, a director, a handful of actors and the producers of, like, a new musical or a new show that they're doing, a new play or whatever, that, like, may never happen for three or five, three or four years. But, like, we all come into a room, we do it, and, like, I, they hand me my money, I go home. Mm-hmm. Because I'm non-union, I can pay... Sometimes they'll pay me cash in hand. Sometimes it's a Venmo transaction. Like, sometimes it's just, like, a quick and dirty, I need to hear this scene up on its feet. Yeah. What is it going to sound like? Money. And so, like, if I were a union, they would have to go through this, 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 this. But with this, it's, like, an on-the-fly email being, like, hey... On Thursday the 27th, are you free? And it's like, yes. I'm going to send you the script. Here's the NDA. Please don't, you know, don't distribute. Don't, you know, it's over quick and done. Um, uh, being a replacement in certain shows as a non-union is super easy because sometimes it's like, this person is work out. Are you free and available? I've been able to slide in super easy. Um, there are, There's just way more opportunities when you're non-union because, again, it, it's cheaper to hire you. So there are some benefits to being non-union. But then also there are some big drawbacks to being union. You know, there have been several tours that have gone out uh, that are union tours that get so expensive that they can't finish the tour because they they refuse to not pay people what they're worth. So they will just end the tour halfway through. Yeah, I've heard of that happening. as You know, so that's kind of a huge drawback to being in the union. Union dues can also be a huge issue for some people. Um, You. This is my opinion on that, and I think we have mentioned this before. If it's in terms of union dues, you should not take the contract until the job is going to be able to pay for the mm-hmm. union dues, as in a first national tour where there's plenty of money involved, as in a Broadway show. Pretty or, much. Or larger regional theaters. Or larger regional theater, but pretty much you, it's your dues are a lot. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to struggle paying them, you want something that's going to pay for you to enter the union or be like, well, you know, my one one paycheck, you know, my one week is going to cover all my dues. So, like, great, let's pay into it. Because, like Tony was saying, it's a lot easier sometimes to go in for a non-union project. Someone will call you in, like, can you do this for me? I'll Mm -hmm. give you some money. It's great. My other big thing about union, about, so... There's a lot of TYA companies, Theater for Young Artists artist companies, mm-hmm. tours, national tours, and regional TYA companies that are in equity houses or it's an equity contract because it's mm-hmm. on tour. Yep. And a lot of people who do these productions, and I know that people that this has happened to, friends, and also Same. like acquaintances and ex-co-workers, that they are offered this job and they do the job and then they're offered their equity card because it's an equity house and it's an equity contract. Mm-hmm. And they will take the card. But here is my thing that you have to remember that just because you're now equity does not mean you're going to get a job. Yes. There's a lot. There's a big difference between having an agent or a manager and there, and then just being equity because you were able to do a contract, but you don't have representation. Yep. Another thing, too, is we were talking about this before we started recording. I think it's very important to look at where you stand in terms of performing and who's around you. Yes. If you have done a bigger regional production and you've done a couple of them, if you've done, if you've booked, you're booking a national tour, if you're, if you book a Broadway show, absolutely, or a bigger off-Broadway show, something with mm-hmm. names attached to it, 100%, 
join the union. Join get the those union. health benefits, get your hours, get your salary. Get all the wonderful get things all we were the talking about. Things. But remember that unless you have representation, which is a whole nother ballpark in itself, mm-hmm. You are going to be going up against people who are on Broadway or have been on Broadway, who have done those national tours, who have worked for Williamstown and the Muni and La Jolla and Fifth Ave. You're going to be going up against those people in auditions at Equity Calls. So if all you do is you go, well, I did this one theater works tour or I did this, you know, TYA show at an Equity House. It's not worth it. It's not worth it because you're most likely, unfortunately, not going to book a job because what my, we're talking about this, I think the decision factor comes from how much experience you have on your resume. And I, well, yes, because that was my biggest, I'm pretty sure I talked about this where the unions changed over, like the law, the rules for becoming a part of Actors' Equity changed. And so I was at an audition where, like the director who got in trouble, but like he came out screaming at everyone that's there for the audition. He was like, if you don't have two regional theaters on your resume, get out. Because like, essentially he was seeing a lot of people that were like talented. Cause I, here's the thing, the mm-hmm. t- talent ain't always a question. I know plenty of non-union people that are very talented, but the problem is the amount of money poured into a show. Broadway shows are multi-million dollar businesses. Like, let's be very clear. Like, millions of dollars go into a Broadway show on a daily basis almost. Mm -hmm. So they don't want someone leading their show who's never done anything of this quality, you know? Or they very rarely take certain risk on certain things like that, you know? It's a huge risk to do so. So for this, and this was like, uh, I want to say like a, probably a Lord C or C or B theater company. I'm not exactly sure, but like middle-sized regional theater. Yeah. And his response was just, you know, like, you all are, like, everyone was there, was either um, not, was either equity or EMC, the point system to become union. And he was essentially just like, I'm seeing so many people that are not ready to be in the, like, they're not, their resumes can't back up what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Because it's, you can get those points, like, uh, so the EMC points can be gained from doing summer stock theater. So you can have a really great summer, you know, out in a random theater or somewhere in the country. And then now you're in the union and your resume only has that one summer of summer stock and everything else is all college. No one's going to trust you to do that or to lead that tour, to lead that production, especially of a larger theater company. So it just... Yeah, when you're up against people who have done you know, Broadway shows and tours because I know plenty of people that I grew up with and worked with that, you know, half of them have representation and half of them, I know a girl that I did a bunch of summer programs with. She does not have representation. She's been in two Broadway shows mm-hmm. and she's a, and she just started, she just joined, she's in the Hello Dolly tour. That's her like third or fourth national tour. Yeah. And she's equity, obviously. She's done three or four first national tours. She did the international tour of West Side Story out of college. She's been in a Broadway show or two. But she does not have representation. She's just going into audition. So mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, I'm going to get my equity call- card because I worked for a summer stock or did a TYA, and you're competing against someone like her, you, I'm sorry to say, like, nine out of ten times, you are not going to get cast. And now you have... Especially because, like, if I'm looking at to fill, like, an ensemble spot, I can take the person that's done two Broadway shows, two national tours... Yeah. Or the person that's who fresh knows, out of Who knows how to do... Who know, someone who knows what the, what the deal is, who right. knows the drill. And now the other issue is if you decide to go equity and you're in that situation where you only have some TYA stuff on your resume or, you, you know, or summer years, stock, you're not yeah. going to work for years because... You don't have the opportunities to do those little non-union projects, to do those non-union mm-hmm. contracts where you can actually start to build your resume. And it's one of those things of like, if you give up, I, I don't know this is the same for film, but I know for equity, and again, I don't think this rule's changed, but I again, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But if you give up your equity card, you cannot return to equity for five years. Yeah, I believe that might have changed, but I believe that's that's true. Now, you can freeze your card. Yes. You can freeze your card because... Um, but that's still like a time limit well, on the freeze. There's too. a time limit on the freeze. And then the other thing with the freeze is that 
once you unfreeze, you have to pay up all your dues that you're missing. So mm. all of a sudden, so like I, for example, yeah. like I'll go ahead and say, for example, like my brother is frozen right now because he doesn't live in New York and it's easier for him to book work where he's currently living if he is non-union. But there are a bunch of theaters out there that are union. And so whenever he goes in for those auditions, he says he's union because he, he is union. Yes. And that if he, and he knows that if he books that gig, he's then going to unfreeze and pay his dues because yeah. it's a big enough contract that it won't exactly. be an issue. But that is something you have to think about as well. If all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to freeze it and do all this non-ec work. And then you, unless that it's a, unless it's a big enough show, again, unfreezing, you have to pay all these dues. There's a lot of little things you have to think about. Yeah, and to be fair, with, with the freezing, it's not like you can freeze and unfreeze every five minutes. Or oh, every couple no. Of days. no. It no, is no. one of those things of like... Six months to a year of being frozen. You know, yes. they are very lot like it's a lot of thought process that goes into it. So don't don't take unions lightly. You know, that's that's the reverse of it. Do not take unions lightly because I know changes that happened with actors equity at the end of twenty seventeen were talked about for, you know, I think they had like a union uh, dues increase and like certain fees and certain things structures change within the union so like there, it was like a huge debate among like oh my god my social media was like crazy with people talking with it back and forth so it's one of the things you don't want to take it lightly and i get that especially for you young college whippersnappers that are like uh, you know there this is an equity contract this is what i need to be on broadway why would i ever turn it down don't let 21 year old or 22 year old you get super excited and sign up for something that you're not ready for. Because in this industry, it ha you know, it can backfire horrendously. So please be mindful of the contracts that you sign. Yes. In any way, shape, or form, be it act you know, actors equity, SAG Actra or Agva, the cabaret union, um, mm -hmm. Those are really the main ones that, like, yeah. younger performers Non-equity contracts, so if you have someone who... Even dance companies, be mindful. Yes. Don't accept... Dance companies, et cetera, is usually the big one that gets you, et cetera, or, like, at the discretion of the artistic director is another wording that yeah. you have to be you, If of. you have someone who is a lawyer in your family or a friend or deals in litigation, even if they're just, like, um, a legal assistant or someone in law school, even, mm -hmm. that you know, have them take a look at it, because... They will try their, that's the, when you see chunks of lo, a lot of legal jargon, that usually should be a flag to you of yes, what exactly are they telling me, what are they trying to cover up. Now, some contracts are just going to be straight up legal jargon the entire thing, but have, pay someone to look over it because you don't want to get screwed. And like Tony and I said, luckily when it happened to us, it was a couple hundred dollars, yes. you know, three, four hundred dollars where it's not, it, we can deal with that. There are contracts where they'll promise you a couple thousand and you won't see it. Ever. And even with union contracts, know what your union contract says. And I will say that no, um, in certain cities, honestly, if you go to any law firm and be, you know, or any lawsuit and be like, hey, can you just look something over? They're not going to charge you. or No, like you know, it's bucks. good for them to read a contract right. and make sure they know what um, it says But as well. I know that in New York City, we uh, there's there are freelancer laws that, like, don't charge... Like, essentially, it's a group of lawyers that don't charge you to look over contracts and to, like, you know, look up your cases in case of freelance issues. So if you just need someone to look over a contract, and New York City, like, has, like, it's... I want to say it's the freelancer's union... It's not a union, though, so it's not freelancers. But I, I will find information and try to post it. But it's definitely, like, there's a group of lawyers that, like, look out for freelancers that don't have anyone to look over their contracts and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they literally, they'll go to bat for you and be like, yeah, this wording in here is super weird. I would have them, like, look... Like, this is what this means yeah. legally, or like yeah. this is what that. Or means. again, you know, if they don't know, but they're like, this looks really weird. They'll tell you this does not look like something I've seen before. You should have pay someone to look it over or have exactly. Someone else look you know, at you it need now. to sit down with them. So that being said, let's move right along to I'm sorry what, and I guarantee this is going to be a super long episode. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Last week was short. Um. So this week for I'm sorry what my particular instance with. Um, like age differences and like we kind when I was talking about social media and like how me and Danielle did not have social media when we were younger. Like, no, I mean Facebook started when we were 
seniors in high school, high school. May, maybe juniors, maybe it was Jun- the year junior, before. I mean, we might have I been have, juniors. I had Facebook the summer before so we hot, must, se- high, senior year. Yeah, so we must have been juniors when Facebook started. You know, Instagram only started a couple of years ago. I didn't get an Instagram until two years ago, and that was only because I was um, went on a European tour basically for myself. And I don't was like, know I'll why get I it. Got Inst- like, I can't honestly. Tell I you don't have Twitter. Instagram. I don't. I don't have Snapchat. Like, don't have Snapchat. Um, Twitter is purely news sources. That's where I read all my articles from. That's fair. I don't actually follow anyone that I actually know because it's literally all, like, news sources of, like, comic book sources. And Instagram is basically, like, friends and dancers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I was in class today with my high schoolers. And these are my ninth and 10th graders. So they are 14 of the oldest. Ninth and 10th grade, yeah. Yeah, 14, 15. uh, Yeah, maybe a 15-year-old or two. I don't think. They look so tiny. But um, they were playing... They were like, have you heard this new song by, like, Drake, Cardi B, Selena Gomez, and I want to say Jovlin Binger or something. I don't know his name. But it was... Essentially, I heard Drake and Cardi B and Selena Gomez. And my response to them, I was like, wait, Selena Gomez is on a song with Drake and Cardi B? And they're like, yeah, like, Selena Gomez is, like, an artist. You don't know her? And I go... I know her, but I, when I was younger, Selena Gomez was on Wizards of Waverly Place yep. on Disney Channel, yep. and she couldn't sing, like, at all. She could not carry a tune. The first no. song she released was really rough, and I was like, oh, this is not her, like, stick to acting, girl. But they were like, no, Selena Gomez has all this music, and so they just, like, th- start throwing all these crazy Selena Gomez songs at me, and I was like... Guys, it was already a struggle when Drake went from, like, Degrassi to, like, a recording artist. Yep. I refuse to accept Selena Gomez as, like, a full, like... I no. still see her as an actor that, like, I'm, releases I know. Songs. I'm sorry. It's hard for me. Like, any of those, like, Disney, who were, like, mm-hmm. Disney, like, kids on Disney when Especially they were, like, Disney. pre-teens and teens, and now they're like, I'm a recording artist. I'm like, Selena mm-hmm. Gomez. And to be fair, she has the numbers and things to back it up, but I'm just like... Oh God, I'm old. Like that is, I am old. When like, you to you guys, Selena Gomez is like an artist. So I was like, do you guys even remember her being on Disney Channel? They were like, kinda. And I was like, well, how old were you? That's like, oh, we were in like, third or fourth grade when that happened. We barely remember that. And I was like, I was. They were like, some of them were like, I don't remember her ever being on Disney Channel. And I'm like, okay, see, I remember like all of that. So it's just. Yeah, my I'm sorry what moment is the age difference between me and my younger students. Amazing. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, like, and I'm good, I'm sorry what. What has been going on in my life? Um, I'm, you know, I can't think of one right now, and I'm sure I have one, but I can't think of one right now. So I'll be back next week with something That's quite all right. This is, um... Probably our longest episode ever. Ooh, yes. Um, but let's move right along to class shoutouts. I took a tap private lesson mm-hmm. with um, my friend Stacy Kicks, who I don't think teaches regularly anywhere. Um, but she has done the national tour of several national tours of 42nd Street. She's also done Thoroughly Modern Millie most recently. Um, because I'm teaching tap again this summer, this school year, and I was like, I need to take a tap class, and she, like, was like, I'm in the city, and I was like, wait, girl, you just finished doing Thoroughly Modern Millie, so you've been tapping for, like, the last two months. She's like, yeah, of course, I was like, you, me, studio, let's go over some stuff, like, let's refresh, because, again, it's been a year, no, oh, God, it's probably been two years since I've tapped. Um, so... Me and Stacey kick. Like, that was, like, it's fun to go in the studio and, like, hang out with your friends and, like, dance around. But it was also, like, nice to refresh myself on stuff again. Like, I had, like, advanced time steps and, like, going over the basics again. Mm. I'd be, like, you know, we would do stuff and she was, like, do you remember how, like, teach it to me as if I was, like, a 10-year-old. Right. And I was, like, oh, God. Like, teaching 10-year-olds triple, triple time steps may never happen. But, like, yeah. so, you know, so it's just one of those things. Though. It was, it was fun. To do a private lesson again. But, yeah, that's my class shout-out. Um, I want to shout-out um, one of my classes I taught last week. I had um, one of my third-grade classes, and 
we were, I was teaching them some house dance moves because it's going into their dance for their dance show this year. Nice. And I was demonstrating the move and one of the girls said, that looks like, um, that looks like an African dance that we've learned before. And I stopped and I was like, say that again. Like, say that louder for everyone to hear. And she kind of looked at me weird and I was like, no, say it again. So she said it again and I was like, wow, you guys, like, why Why do you think she just said that? Like, why do you think she just said that? And all of a sudden, one that one, someone raised their hand, and they're like, well, because hip-hop, like, its core originated from, like, rhythms and stuff, which you can find in African dance. And then it went on this whole tangent of, like, and then there's also tap dance, and the kids were like, and I was like, well, where did tap dance originate from? They're like, it came from a lot, you know, it came from, Partly from England and Ireland, but a lot of it was from slavery because they couldn't communicate once they were here, so they used mm-hmm. rhythm in their feet, and they weren't allowed to have drums, and the kids just went off this whole tangent, and we actually nice. ended up sitting down in a circle and just talking about dance, and it was one of those really amazing moments to see, like, oh my god, like, first of all, like, wow, they remembered and comprehend everything I talked to them last year about That's it, really and it was amazing to see them now in third grade, and months and months after not being in school and only being back now for you know, six or seven weeks for them to be making the connections of like, oh my gosh, like that kind of looks like that move and that's so interesting and now we're in this time period and like to have them start making those connections um, was like really cool. So I just want to shout them out. That was like a really cool teacher moment. I love smart dancers. You know? Like that information will help them along the way. It really, really well. Over the years. Yes. Well, that being said, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at PointPYT. You can email us at pytnyc29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.